Hi tennis fans out there, this is Andy Murray. More history making for Federer in Halle. Hour and 21 minutes on the clock. Title number 102 for Roger Federer beckons. Championship point. Goffin serves, forehand return. Forehand from Goffin to the backhand of Federer. Federer slices. Forehand from Goffin to the forehand. Forehand of Federer to the forehand of Goffin. Good quality hitting. Goffin goes down the line, but Federer's there with the defensive backhand. Goffin takes it on the full, but Federer's there. Backhand, no volley from Goffin. drifting wide. Federer has both arms in the air. He joins Nadal as the only players to have won double digits titles at the same event. He wins Halle for the tenth time. And he raises both arms to the crowd, and you can see from his smile this means something to Roger Federer. Nadal's won 12 for Roland Garros, 11 Barcelona's, 11 Monte Carlos. Federer has now won 10 Halle titles. Lopez title number one in London, four championship points. This, remember, a second championship point for Lopez. Serve into the body of Lopez. He's serving and volleying here, drops the volley short. Chance for the passing shot for Lopez. Lopez is there with the volley and he's won it. Simon misses a volley into the net. He throws his racket to the side. His team break down and cry. He looks like he's going to cry. They embrace at the net. A warm hug from Simon, who's smiling. That's great sportsmanship from the Frenchman. Lopez just puts his hair to one side, puts his hands on his face and looks skywards. And the 37-year-old has won a seventh ATP Tour title, his second title here at Queen's Club. And he's done it in the most dramatic of circumstances. The Superman, the Marathon Man, the winner here at Queen's. He's defeated Gilles Simon 6-2, 6-7, 7-6 in a match that lasted, well, just under three hours. And not forgetting a dramatic second victory. Serve wide, miss return from Salisbury, and Murray and Lopez have done it. What a return for Andy Murray. So long out of the sport, all of the painful injury issues forgotten. In his first tournament back, he wins it here at the Fever Tree Championships, and Feli Lopez has done the double. <laughs> He's won the singles and the doubles as they get the better of Ram and Salisbury. 7-6, 5-7, and then 10 points to six in the match tiebreak. A stunning performance from Lopez and Murray to delight the fans here on Centre Court. We'll be back on the final day of action at both the Fever Tree Championships at London's Queen's Club and the Naventi Open in Halle, Germany, here on the ATP Tennis Radio podcast. Yes, a big welcome from me, Pete Hodges, and I'm delighted to be joined by Claire Curran, who has just been watching the doubles final, and what a final it was, and what a fairy tale comeback 
for Andy Murray and what a tournament for Feli Lopez. Well, totally unexpected at the start of the week, what we've seen today, the end of the tournament. But for Murray, it was an unbelievable start to his campaign to get back onto the singles court. And most importantly, he's already said it, everybody knows it. He's fit, he's well, he's recovered exceptionally well each match that he's played and his performances were pretty good. For well, somebody who doesn't play so much doubles, his performances were excellent, but it's not really a surprise because he is known to be a little bit competitive. Well, I was just about to say, I mean, to, to be honest, going into this week, we all fully believed him when he said he didn't mind if he lost. <laughs> Which was something he did say in one of his interviews coming into the week. And watching him on the court, it looked, it looked a little different to that. He looked like he would have been fairly bothered if he did lose. It was fantastic to watch, though, wasn't it? I mean, the, the crowd were, were erupting every single moment. And then, of course, Murray and, and, and Lopez just played some fantastic doubles. And, and, and I said to you at the end of the commentary, how about... Murray and her bear for the, the Wimbledon title now. Well, it's possible, and don't, don't nothing would surprise me. But no, I think everything changed whenever they played against the number one seeds in the first round. Really, they had nothing to lose as such whenever they played against Farah and Cabal in that first round match. And it's then that the psyche and the mind started to change of Murray, and I'm sure he started to get a sense and a feeling that, okay, I'm fit now. There's no reason why I can't go on and do one better each time he played. And he just, he's just a guy who just will not give up and every time he's on the court he 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 has this aura around him and and he's done so well to create that that just says I'm not going to lose I'm not going to lose this match and it's it's very intimidating I'm sure it's more intimidating to play against but even when you're watching you can sense it yeah and you could see that almost rubbed off on on Feli Lopez at times as well and watching them both celebrate at the end you could really see how much it meant to both Murray and Lopez well, of course, and I think so many players are so pleased that Murray is actually back on the tour playing and Lopez for, for, for sure definitely is. But also these guys have known each other for so long and it's, it's nice to be able to, as they come to the latter stages of their career, it's nice to be able to go and share those types of moments on court together. And after the win, we were able to hear from them. Andy, a few words about your partner and what he's managed to achieve this week. I mean, he was, he was brilliant. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not, not, nothing else to say. I mean, amazing win today in the, the singles. And, you know, even at the end of the match there, he came up with some brilliant returns and amazing serves. And, yeah, he did, did so, so, so good. Very happy for him. And a double Queen's Club champion this year. Did you expect that when you walked in on Monday morning? No. <laughs> no, I mean, this is, happens only maybe once in a lifetime. I mean to win here singles and doubles and how difficult it is to win the singles that I won both. I cannot even believe it, you know? So... Yeah, and... Uh, and also I'm so happy for these men playing with me. Um, man, we are so happy that you're back on a tennis court. to be back Andy yeah it's been yeah it's been been brilliant I really enjoyed it um, I felt very relaxed at the beginning of the week and then as it got on I was getting like more and more nervous and I think like my competitive instincts were sort of kicking in with each match and um, but yes yeah, like it was brilliant my hip felt felt great no pain and And, and yeah, obviously, I'll try, try to keep progressing from here, but I'm, you know, I'm just happy being, being back on the court. Yeah, and you've got Eastbourne and you've got Wimbledon, men's doubles and mixed doubles. Have you sorted out your mixed partner yet? 
No, I said I would chat, chat to my team about that the next few days. We obviously concentrating on the, the doubles here and then, um, yeah, probably decide on that by the middle, middle of next week. And finally, um, Feliciano, are you going to have some time off now? Yes. <laughs> uh, are you at Eastbourne next week? Uh, we don't know yet. <laughs> I'm on the draw, but, you know, I might, I might need a little bit of rest after the busy week that I had here. And uh, we're going to decide tonight with a good glass of wine in the hands. <laughs> well, you've played the last five matches on this court. I think you deserve a plaque on this court. Well done. The doubles champions, Andy Murray and Feliciano Lopez. Well, it wasn't just one win, but two victories for Feli Lopez after his singles championship winning performance against Gilles Simon. We heard from the champion. I was worried there you'd have the energy to lift that big trophy. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. How, how did you pull that, that off in the end, that type? I mean, every game, he threw everything at you, didn't he? I don't really know. <laughs> I think the whole match was very exciting, uh, except the first set where I think he didn't play very good. I took this. <laughs> I took this uh, early set, but then he was getting better and better, and it was really tough for me to to find a way to win the points. He was so solid from the base, and I was trying to, you know, um, going, going to the net, trying to be aggressive, but it was impossible. He was hitting, a, he was coming out with unbelievable passing shots from everywhere, and I, I was a little bit desperate, to be honest. <laughs> and then, you know, the tie break at the end was kind of a lottery. I mean, it can go either way, and it went my way. I'm so, so happy right now. How special was that volley at 4-2? Wow, that was a great one. Yeah. That turned it. Yeah, probably, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At these moments when you get these points, you know, in a tiebreak when every, every point counts more than normal, it's, yeah, to get this point was amazing. What does it mean to you to win this trophy for the second time in three years? Um, I, thought, I thought the best moment of my career was in 2017 when I was holding this trophy and I was talking to you here in this court. But it is not. <laughs> it is right now. So what a win it was for Feli Lopez in dramatic circumstances. And of course, we saw dramatic match after dramatic match for both Feli Lopez this week and Gilles Simon, who had disappointment in the final. But what a roller coaster ride of a week for the Frenchman. Well, it is, and it's great for him after a disappointing French Open. He came here to London. He didn't have anybody with him. He just wanted to be by himself, and it became an absolute bonus for him. But he had to do it the hard way, didn't he? Every single match going to three sets. But... He is such an interesting player, so different than so many. He does so much running around the court and he moves players around the court and he's, he's got these beautiful soft hands and he was unlucky today because he really pushed him right to the very end. But credit to Lopez because it was Lopez who maybe just played in the very end. He just played a better tiebreak at the very end. And of course, Feli Lopez has uh, found himself being very popular with the Queen, Queen's crowd, winning both the singles and the doubles. But I think as you'll see, Mon, in the way that he took the loss as well, I think it's probably won over a lot of fans here in London. Well, he would have, and it was a great match that he played and he had to work really hard. That was the difficult thing for him in this final because really he was blown away in the first set and it took him a long time to work his way back into that match. And he got his way there, but it just, in the end, it just wasn't good enough. So disappointment for Gilles Simon, but uh, he told Seb Lozier he's just enjoying being on the court. I enjoy to play tennis in general. Uh, it's true that it's a bit harder physically, so it takes... Uh, uh, more time than before to be ready uh, to go on court, but I always love to play tennis, so I'm happy to be here.
I, I'm fascinated to ask you about your the the way you try to 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 play, especially these younger guys. Do you enjoy playing these these young guys? They they because they're kind of a different breed now, aren't they? We see a lot of new faces, but we see also a lot of old faces for long. Some players that were here before me are still there, and they are still winning, and they are still winning slams. So uh, you have a big range of players now, and uh, it's uh, 20 years difference. Uh, most some of the players that that are coming on tour now, they they were not even born when 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 Roger won his first won his first slam. You know, so it's it sounds crazy, but that's how it is. Uh, so of course, because of that, the density uh, is crazy. We have a lot of good players. And yeah, you always enjoy to see new faces, but it's always tricky to play a player that you never played and didn't see, you know, much before because because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how he plays. It takes a bit of time. Yeah, because Rogers said himself that he relishes. He looks forward to playing these these young guys. Probably for that reason. Is it something, you know, he's played everyone so many times. Is it nice sometimes to play someone you don't know, albeit the fact that obviously they could surprise you with their game? Yeah, I think it's nice. It's always nice. Uh, when you played some guys like 20 times, you feel, oh, yeah, one more time. How, <laughs> how is it possible that we are still here? Uh, so it's great. No, it's great. Uh, but I mean, as I said, I think we are lucky. And lucky not in the way that we are lucky, but we are, I think you understand what I mean when I say we are lucky to still be on tour because after so many years on tour, you always have some players who had to retire because of injuries or because of something else, you know. So we are here, we are still fit, ready to play. Uh, ready to beat some some players and uh, enjoying you know the time. I don't know how many times I can do it still, but I'm not. It's not even a question. I'm just happy to be here. A couple of months ago, I don't know whether you've seen the video, but ATP filmed with a number of players for social media, asking them who is the most intelligent player they play against on court, and all but one of them said Gilles Simon. Why do you think that is? I don't know. It's maybe it's the way I look, you know, on the court. Yeah, many people told me, "Ah, you are playing the way you play. It's so clever." I, I just try my best, just like just like anyone else. So uh, maybe I'm taking better decisions on some moments. But you have players that are uh, really clever also on. Uh, on the court who understands what is happening and you know I don't see myself this way uh, at least not when I play I, I feel I can read the game and see what is happening uh, really good you know also from the outside um, but when I'm on the court you know, I just try to do my best that's it you don't have a coach at the moment or at least not a coach next to your name on, on the ATP website but somebody told me you're working with a scientist is that correct? Yeah, I would say I have a coach uh, yes yes I'm, I'm trying I, I try many different things um, I think the need of a player with uh, 34 now is not exactly the same 
uh, it's not the same job that to, to, to coach a player that is 20 years old and coming coming on tour and you have also um, many things to, to, to build in this game and in the, like in the approach and knowing the tour or, or anything. It's, it's a completely different job. And uh, so I'm just trying to know myself better. That's what I would say. Um, I think most of the match are super tight. Um, the winner often wins four or five more points than his opponent. Um, so it's not really about the game, you know, it's more about, as we said before, uh, making the right shot at the right time, taking the right decision, not panicking. And, and I believe that to be able to do that, you have to know yourself better than it, maybe your opponent knows himself, to know what you are able to do, what you make the right call. So this is something I'm working on still, trying to know myself as good as possible. And that's why I have uh, different people around me now. Still improving as a player, you think? I think as a player, you are always improving because you just play tennis, you know, more and more. And so the shots are getting better and, uh, and, and, and but the other players also, uh, th this is what is strange. You have, I, I said the density on the tour is, is really important now. You, you feel that you have to play 100% when you play on 95, 90%, you don't beat anyone. It was not the case before. Uh, remember, uh, 10 years ago, I was able to reach third round in the slams with not even being ready because, you know, you had injuries or physical problems. But the, there was bigger difference with, let's say, maybe the top 30 players and the rest of the players. Now, even when you are in the top 32 in the slams, you feel, OK, I'm seated, but you don't feel protected. You know, you have so many guys playing so good in the top 100. But on the other hand, what is still interesting is it's still the same players winning, which means the higher level is not higher than before. It's still Rafa winning on the French Open. It's still uh, Roger Novak. And uh, and so you feel, OK, if I'm still improving, if I can get closer to the higher level, maybe I will lose more often in the first round than before. But if I can play what I have to play to win a, a slam or a big title is not harder than before the level is not better. Gilles, it's always great talking to you. Thank you very much. Thank you. So that was Gilles Simon, of course, who lost that tightest of tightest of matches against uh, Feli Lopez in Queens. But earlier in the day, Roger Federer made it 10 titles in Halle. And here's what he had to say afterwards. It's amazing. Um, some reason I never thought I was going to make, make it anymore. Didn't think of it much. I just thought uh, match for match. And because the second round and quarters were so tough that uh, um, never really thought about how it would feel if I won and now it's uh, it's reality uh, first time ever I could win a, a title 10 times in, in one place so it's obviously a very special moment in my career David really pushed you hard today especially in that first set yeah very much so uh, it was a better player for uh, probably the first 10 games of the match he had more chances uh, he had big chances too and then I played a really good tiebreaker I was able to run away with the lead, you know, getting the break early on in the second. And uh, I think that maybe calmed down my nerves. His level might have dropped just a tiny bit, but it was tough to play, you know, with the shadow. It's fast court. David, of course, also had a great week, so clearly he was feeling it from the baseline. But uh, I was able to tough it out. And at the end, uh, 
really played some great tennis, so I couldn't be happier right now. And with more than half an eye now on Wimbledon, um, how, are you, how happy are you with the way you're playing and the way you're feeling moving out there? Well, yeah, look, uh, every time I won in Halle, I went on to play really well at Wimbledon. So I think, I mean, there's never a guarantee, of course, but I've been on the tour for long enough to know what it means. And uh, also, most important is that I know I'm, I'm injury-free. I'm going to have a couple of days off, I guess, and, uh, and then get ready once, in, once I'm going to be in Wimbledon practicing there again. But for now, I'm going to enjoy this one, rest up a little bit, and then look forward to the rest. So Federer just does it again. Ten titles in Halle, quite incredible. His 102nd ATP Tour title, his 23rd 500 Series title, his third victory of the year in a tournament. I mean, we keep thinking he's not going to do it, and then here we are again, sat down, saying, oh, it's another win for Federer. I mean, what more can be said? Can you say any more, Claire? No, and I think you're getting a little bit tired whenever you're just <laughs> listing that list of accomplish accomplishments from him. Now, this was a good week for Federer in Halle. He didn't play his best tennis throughout the week, but he served, importantly, very well, really, in every match, and so often that kept him in the match, but it was a very good final for him against Goffin, and I think... Going into Wimbledon this year, having this title, this 10th title behind him, I think that'll give him a little bit of an extra spring in the stride. Yeah, because we were saying off-air, in fact, I mean, he lost in the quarterfinals to Anderson last year, wasn't it, at, at Wimbledon? And that was following a loss, a surprise loss in the final of the Halle uh, of last year to, to Borna Chorich. Do, so do you think this win, and as you say, he hasn't played his best tennis this week, but do you think this week sets him up better than what he was last year? I think this week and also the fact that he's played in the clay court season and he had a semi-final run in Paris, I think he must be feeling very confident because he really cruised into the semi-finals of Paris, which means and it indicates that he's feeling comfortable with his ground strokes. And maybe last year going into Wimbledon, he felt a little bit underprepared and underconfident. I don't think he'll have that problem this year. So a 10th title today for Roger Federer in Halle. And of course, he's 37 years of age. His story goes back a long, long way. And uh, he sat down with ATP's Kate Flory and chatted to her about where it all started. Well, my first memories go back to playing with a wooden racket. And instead of the neon yellow tennis balls we have today, I started off with the white tennis balls. And in Switzerland, we used a lot of pressure, less tennis balls as well. I don't know how many players of this generation today can say that. So I, I come from way back and I remember playing against uh, the wall and the cupboards and the garage doors for hours. That's what I used to do. So uh, those are my very strong memories that I collected a lot of the stickers as well. There was a, a, a year, I guess it was uh, maybe the end, uh, the beginning of the 90s, um, where I collected a lot of the stickers where all the old uh, tennis players were in. It was about the tournaments, about the trophies, about the players. So I got to know them all. And then eventually I also became a ball boy in my hometown tournament in Basel. So I, w I used to ch chase the players for autographs. Pictures at the time was not a, not a big deal yet, as the selfie didn't exist. Um, but uh, yeah, so that, th those are my memories really from, uh, from, from back then. And is there any sort of like specific details? It might have been, I don't know, a certain smell at the training ground, opening new tennis balls, or someone who might have given you a lift home, or meals that your mum used to cook after training, sort of any specific details that just you remember? Well, I mean, I think a certain responsibility and freedom I felt uh, being a junior tennis player because in the winter times I would take uh, 
the tram um, to to tennis sometimes. If I got lucky, my my mom or my my friends' uh, parents would drive me. Sometimes it was too cold, and in the summer times, I took the bike and drove to the tennis club. And then, of course, on the bike or in the tram or you know at the tennis club without your parents around, you felt like okay, well you're doing your own thing. Um, you got to be responsible and. Uh, that was a good feeling at a very young age already. I guess uh, we're talking I'm maybe 10 years old at this uh, in this moment. I'm going all the way through the city and uh, running after trams and trying to catch uh, you know the green lights uh, on the bike. So um, yeah, I was uh, I look back at it and it's been a lot of fun. I got to know the city of Basel very well through my travels getting to the courts. Um, so I like that freedom I had as a as a young child. And now those dreams became like the most amazing reality for you. Can you sort of put into words what it's like when you walk onto the biggest stages in tennis and the crowd is cheering you, like even that standing ovation you got at Roland Garros, just yeah. can you put into words what that feels like? Well, it's still a little bit surreal, um, I think, because uh, like you said, thinking back on how it used to be, um, you have a dream and the hope that one day you become a top 100 player and you can maybe play on some of the courts, next thing you know, it's normal to play on center court, it's normal to play in front of 15,000 people and sometimes you tend to forget what a privilege that is, but uh, I feel like I never did forget, um, so I enjoyed every single time uh, it does happen and um, you know, I try to enjoy it as much as I can, I try to give absolute best effort every single day I walk on a practice court or on a match court and I try to interact um, you know, with the fans and let them know how thankful I am, um, yeah, because it's... Uh, it's definitely uh, it's been a hell of a ride, so I've enjoyed every moment of it. Roger, what does it mean for you to be Swiss? Um, I'm very proud Swiss, you know. Um, growing up in a country that's very diverse and has four national languages, um, that is tiny, you know, compared to other big countries around the world, um, I think has been a blessing for me. Um, I think um, it's one of the best countries in the world, one of the most prettiest countries in the world as well. So for me to come back to Switzerland, you know, after all my travels, it's like a, I don't know, it's like uh, beyond anything. It's such a wonderful place to live in. Um, the people are incredibly friendly and helpful. Um, so I'm very proud to be Swiss and I, I love living there. And can you just talk briefly about the, the passion of the people and the sports fans in Switzerland? Yeah, I mean, I think the Swiss, uh, they really love their sports. Um, you know, they might be a little bit less... Uh, crazy or showing craziness uh, about certain athletes or clubs like maybe in uh, in Latin countries or other places but at the end of the day um, we love our sports winter sports summer sports there is a national sports that they really um, have been very supportive of um, you know the original mindset in Switzerland is of course education always goes first and it was the same that my parents also um, taught me but I do believe it's uh, starting to happen more and more that people actually do believe that also sports can be a, a future and a career and a path. And uh, I hope through what I do on a tennis court and I show them maybe also I lead the way a little bit, um, that's also going to be helpful for a next generation of uh, superstar athletes from Switzerland. So our thanks to the ATP's Kate Flory for that wonderful chat with Federer. So that's it from both the Fever Tree Championships and the Noventi Open. Keep across the ATP website and Tennis TV for all the scores from the 250 grass court events in Eastbourne and Antalya this week. And we'll be back here on the ATP Tennis Radio podcast next weekend to preview the Wimbledon Championships. But we'll end this week where we started 
And one of the stories of the week has been Andy Murray's return to action. And here's how it all finished. And look at that for timing. Mohamed Leani just announcing to everyone, match tiebreak, Salisbury to serve. And it is a first to 10 points, just a reminder of how it works. Left second so Salisbury to start. Left second service. Match tiebreak. First serve was missed. So second serve is just nicked the top of the net. They have a little conversation again. Second serve for the youngest Brit on the court. Serve into the body of Lopez, but he misses the return in the net. He can't feel Lopez. It must be thinking, surely I'm going to win this match as well because. I've won everything this week. Yeah, but he could also, at this stage, could be feeling it. He hasn't sat down at the change of ends at all. Just hasn't wanted those legs to stiffen up. I think he's going to be very glad when this tournament's over. He's, he will get some much-needed rest. He'll be very glad because he's won the singles. It's, it's a bonus no matter what happens here for Lopez. Good second serve, block return from Ram, and that allows... Uh, well, Lopez to get very tight to the net. A couple of volleys here from Murray, and Salisbury again just can't sort his hands out. And, well, at the moment, Ram is on fire, and Salisbury's not quite performing to the Americans' wow. level. They just didn't have the fast reactions that Rajiv Ram has had at the net, but Murray afterwards, this is whenever Murray starts to get really pumped up. Yes. Just shouting, let's go, wasn't it? And well, come on. It's, it's really intimidating if you're playing against that as well. Served down the tee from Lopez, clean ace. Both players clenching their fists to the team. Was he like that to you when you were doing the chin-up? <laughs> no, he's always been lovely, to be honest with you, whenever he's been doing anything kind of like that. But no, it is a big, he's sending strong messages out, and Murray is the king at doing this. He's learned this kind of throughout his career, how to use this crowd to his advantage. But more than anything, it's the messages that he's sending to his opponents down the side of the net. I will not be beaten. 1-2, Ram serving, that makes it 2-2. Missed return from Murray, as you can hear him screaming away at himself. I think that more, almost more than anything else, because he is arguably the greatest returner in the game. It's so when frustrating When he misses a return, he just absolutely hates it, especially if he feels he's got a play on it. And he knows that it's coming into his forehand, but it's the eye formation that throws him off. Two points all, so it's going to be Lopez to try and return this serve from Ram. Hit the top of the net, just caught the, the service line, and even Murray didn't like that. He's swiping his racket no, into the palm of his hand. Also, it was Murray's serve that got broken at the end, and that's frustrating for him. Remember, he served for the match early on yesterday, 6-5. Did get it done, and they won it in the match tiebreak. So, uh, will it happen again? You can hear Ram just saying no, and that would be because Salisbury will be doing the hand signals behind his back because he missed the first serve. Second serve, where does he go? Into the body of Lopez, and slight miss hit from the Spaniards. He pulls it wide. Lopez's turn to just shout to himself. You can hear him saying they're down the line, down the line. Fiance also looking very nervous, as is his coach too. No time to celebrate that singles victory. Yeah, I mean, you do think about that. I mean, had he not been playing doubles, he'd be in the bar right now, no doubt. <laughs> I think he'll have plenty of time this evening. Having a tipple. High formation for Murray. Pressure on the Murray serve here. 2-3 down in this match tiebreak. Great serve, though. Slider that just catches the centre service line. Ram can get a, a racket to it, but only a bit of the frame. And it's three points all as they change ends. 
And well, I mean, not to feel like Nostradamus, but I feel predicted both matches today. I said the first one would finish in a tiebreaker in the third, and <laughs> I said this one would finish with a match tiebreaker. Pretty, pretty there's no awards for that. Yeah. <laughs> it was just going with the theme of the tournament, which has been epic encounters. It's been a brilliant Fever Tree Championships. Judy Murray still looks very nervous. She's, there's, there's not much from her expression-wise, no. just watching and... Maybe she's out of rhythm. Talk about yeah. rhythm. Although Jamie's been playing, she should have been in the rhythm with watching She'll Jamie play. She'll be fine play. in a few weeks. She'll be back up on her feet shouting as uh, Andy hits a good serve down the tee, unreturned by Salisbury. 4-3, Murray and Lopez lead. All points so far going Lopez with the server in this match tiebreak. And those were two big service deliveries from Murray. Murray, the vulnerable serve, but he's gone for the lines on both of his serves, made the first serve. And again, it's a bit of that stealth talking. This time it's Salisbury and Ramped, but they're the ball up in front of their mouth and have a little chat. Serve down the tee. Great return from Murray, but Ram is somehow able to get there. Then Murray gets their little dink of a shot from Murray, and you've got to give credit to Salisbury. He kept his call. He didn't fall for the trickery of Murray, and he just drops the ball on the volley into the open court. Well, he outfoxes Murray, and that you don't often say. Terrific hands at the net. Both players tight to the net, and Salisbury's just got... He's got great dexterity in those wrists when he volleys. Didn't panic there. That was a huge point. Four points all. Eight straight points on serve. Serve out wide into the top of the tape from Salisbury. Still, Lopez, I think he's got springs in his trainers. He's still bouncing around as he gets ready to hit the return and the batting around works. Sweet as a nut. That one out of the forehand, top draw return from Feliciano Lopez, and that's the first point against serve. Well, he missed the previous return, and he was annoyed because he should have gone down the line on the previous one, and he did it that time. Executed straight down the line, straight Five as an arrow. For Lopez Murray. Built like an ox, and that was a steely return from Feliciano Lopez. They lead 5-4. Serve, ace. Cometh the time, cometh the man for Liziano Lopez this week. Lopez Murray. We've seen that a few times, haven't mm. we? That ace. Just having a conversation now. Murray's just saying to him, this is where I'd like you to serve this uh, ace. I think he's going to say slider down the tee. Let's go percentage with the lefty serve. He was going down the tee but misses it in the net. On the juice court side, six points to four. Lopez and Murray lead in this match tiebreak to Let decide this final. Service. Just nick the top of the net. Second serve from Lopez. Good firm second serve. It's a good return from Salisbury. The volley from Lopez. Well, Ram had gambled on going across the court, but Lopez just bunts it up the line. And you can hear from the noise, it's Lopez and Murray's point, and they now lead seven points to four. Well, Lopez just sees out at the corner of his eye, Ram moving across. He just redirects the ball down the line, and then runs Lopez to do a lap of honour. He's, he's stepped up again, hasn't he? What, what do we call him, the marathon man, Superman? Ram under pressure now, you feel must win both of these points almost. Rajiv Ran serving at 4-7. First serve into the top of the tape. It's Murray who's looking to return here. He's got a second serve to swing at. That 
focused look on Murray's face. They serve to the forehand. Excellent low return from Murray. And then Lopez across at the net to put the volley away. It's another mini break for Murray and Lopez. Lopez is calm, cool and collected. Murray clenching the fist, shouting as they change ends with a four-point cushion. Well, Ram's just under too much pressure with the second serve, delivers it into the Murray Eight forehand. He dips four. it down to his feet, Lopez, and it's really an easy pit put away from there from Lopez. And so tricky whenever you're serving under pressure and you look down the other end and you see that Andy Murray's the person who's going to be returning the serve. And then you've got Lopez, who's just all over the net. And listen to the crowd. I think there's going to be a fair few people tomorrow at work with hoarse voices. They've, had, they've done a lot of cheering today. Ram serving 4-8 into the body. Great return again. What a return that is from Feliciano Lopez. Has he made it, though? I think it, got, it was called in. There's a bit of confusion. 9-4. It has been called in. Mohamed Leani saying it's in. And then there's a leap of celebration from Feli Lopez. I mean, that was an extraordinary return. It was into the body somehow got himself out of the way, flicked it with the forehand up the line, it lands plumb on the baseline, no challenge from Ramos Salisbury. I mean, almost invincible tennis from Feli Lopez. And it will be five championship points for Murray and Lopez. Thank you. 9-4. Serve into the net from Murray. He was going out wide. Thank you, it's round to return. Crowd can barely contain their excitement. Still five championship points for Murray and Lopez. Murray with the serve into the body of Ram. It's a good volley from Murray. Attempted pass from Ram. Salisbury on the stretch. Pick up from Lopez. Another pick up from Murray at the net. Another pick up from Murray at the net. Still Ram with a chance to pass. Has he made it? He has. Just. And they survive for now. Well played, Rajiv Ram. Gosh, he asked so many questions there. Murray just kept blocking the volleys back. Ram just will not Lopez refuse to give up. Murray. Nine points to five. They were like a brick wall. But Ram found a way to smash through the wall. Second championship point for Murray and Lopez. Nine points to five in this match tiebreak. High formation. Serve from Murray Nick down the tee. Just nicked the top of the net and... Everyone was ready to celebrate. It was a very good serve. They communicate with each other again. You've still got the uh, fiancés and wives looking pretty nervous at the side. 9-5, championship point. Missed first serve just wide from Murray. Still eye formation for Murray and Lopez. Second serve for the Scott. Serve wide, miss return from Salisbury, and Murray and Lopez have done it. What a return for Andy Murray! So long out of the sport, all of the painful injury issues forgotten. In his first tournament back, he wins it here at the Fever Tree Championships, and Feli Lopez has done the double. He's won the singles and the doubles as they get the better of Ram and Salisbury. 7-6, 5-7, and then 10 points to six in the match tiebreak. A stunning performance from Lopez and Murray to delight the fans here on Centre Court.
If you like this podcast, please search the iTunes store for ATP Tennis Radio to leave a review. review.